and welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. This is the Bundesliga podcast that covers everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, best club in Germany, best club in Europe, best club in the world for that matter. But we're a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian and Casey. You can follow me on Twitter. That is at H-E, excuse me, that is K-C-S-G-E. Jumping ahead of myself because on Twitter or X or 10, as someone likes to call it, it is at H-E at pod for the podcast account. Follow us on Instagram at Hey, I'm Craig Frankfurt. You want to drop us an email because you have complaints about uh, podcast uh, topics and not hitting the subject that you wanted us to hit? Hey, I'm Craig Frankfurt at gmail.com, facebook.com slash H-E-F-Pod for all the English language content, all in one convenient location. Oh, yes, hefpod.com is your official stat zone for all things Bundesliga and Eintracht. And, of course, you can always have subscribe to our wherever your good podcast can be found. Give us a like, a rating, and a review. It really helps fellow Eintracht fans find the podcast and join this lovely community we have built over the years. So, here to talk about multiple matches that have occurred in the last couple of days, in addition to look at the Frauen and the Bundesliga for what is coming up at the weekend with uh, Wolfsburg away, it is none other than Jason in Wisconsin. How goes uh, the cold, cold, cold of uh, Whiskeyland? We're we are definitely getting closer to uh, to winter here. Uh, fall is upon us, and it's been gray and windy and rainy. So, it's 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 coming. Gray, windy, and rainy. It sounds like the UK, not Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, alrighty. And to a even less savory location, uh, it is the Motor City. It is Garrett. How goes it? Has the UAW shut down the entire city? The city hasn't been entirely shut down, but it's still <laughs> at a standstill on there. Um, skies are getting darker, like Jason's experiencing in Wisconsin. Um, fall is coming ahead. Um, but, you know, things that are giving us hope. Uh, Lions still giving us hope. Let's see if Detroit City still gives me hope tomorrow night and our dear, dear Diadler. Uh, what about? Hold on. Well, let's let's put let's put the kibosh on all the soccer talk right now. Mickey is retiring, ain't he? Miguel Cabrera of the Detroit Tigers. One Sunday of the is longest, his last longest game. Servants. Are you gonna be at uh, at the park for that one, or are you just gonna be watching at home? Um, I don't have the ballet to watch it. Um, very, very slim chance I might be at the game. I know some friends that are going, so, um, the team's kind of made the direct, nice little 24, um, in center field. Um, you know, it's a once in a generation type player, so, um, I know there'll be a good turnout for him and also plenty of appreciation and reverence throughout the city. For you as a Michigander, uh, you look at him and what comes to mind before we get back to the soccer talk. Cause I, cause I was there for his triple crown win when he uh, was visiting Kansas City for that. That was pretty cool to watch. 
uh, he to me is a Hall of Fame guy who's spent a majority of his time with Detroit and has a lot of uh, uh, awesome stats to back him up to be a Hall of Fame sort of character. And hey, he's cutting himself loose of his contract multiple years early and saving you guys some uh, cheddar cheese. Uh, anything you want to say about uh, Miggy? I think when you look at it that he made it 20-ish years in the league because I think his rookie season he won a World Series with Miami and uh, mm-hmm. with Florida Marlins in 2003. Um, just like a player, like you witnessed it firsthand because I think the middle 2010s was, you know, Tigers-Royals always battling each other out for the Central. Um, and, you know, that run of player teams that we had, he was like, the one two. If it wasn't Miggy, it was Verlander doing stuff. And I think, um, you know, he just goes down as somebody who's, you know, got himself out of trouble in physical and like personal stuff to really become one of the best players in definitely the last, like one of the best players in the last 25 years of Major League Baseball. So, um, where the, Post-baseball takes him. We'll see, but we wish him all the best of luck and many thanks for the 15 years. It blows my mind I'm saying that spent with this team. Talk about a career. Uh, I know. I know, everybody. You're probably thinking, Brian, what are you doing wasting our time with baseball talk, especially when you have joked that the Royals are exactly that, a joke. Well, uh, hey, you got to give someone their due when they have hit legendary status, and I believe that was hit with the Detroit Tigers. Mickey, congratulations on your retirement. So, to the action. We'll go actually midweek because we have not podcasted uh, for a bit. Uh, Eintracht took advantage of their first match of the Europa Conference League group phase, and... Uh, yeah, we converted that home to a 2-1 victory. Uh, we welcomed Aberdeen uh, to the Vodstadion. Their 20, under 3,000 uh, uh, fans that they brought seemed to enjoy themselves, basking in all things that is Frankfurt, drinking plenty of the uh, bars dry, or at least attempting to. And... Um, Guys, honestly, this uh, the equalizer scored by an American, so I was kind of like, oh, you're American. Eh, I'm not as pissed off as I normally be, but the way that I looked at it, this was a match that, hey, you know what? First one back in Europe. We're still learning under Dino and Topmuda, but uh, 2-1 victory is a 2-1 victory. Next matchup is a visit to Greece against Pauk and Thessaloniki, and to me, that's the team, uh, as they also won uh, in their visit to Helsinki. That's the club that we need to be more worried about. This is more of a, hey, took care of business. I think uh, everything points now to those two matches with Pauk, but um, Jason, I'll let you kind of weigh in here as the teacher who sometimes can or cannot watch the midweek matches, but has had a chance uh, to kind of catch up. What were your thoughts on Eintracht winning merely just 2-1? I was actually really pleased that we scored a goal off of a corner. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't remember the last time that happened, so I was happy to see that. 
Um, yeah, and you could definitely see just the excitement, you know, the energy that that goal gave us. But I think overall, like the stats showed us that we played a pretty good match. Um, I did actually get a chance to have this sort of on um, while work was going on. So I was following along in my cubicle. Um, but it, it looked like it was just a good match overall for Frankfurt. Um, possession looked good. You know, um, we were talking a little bit before the podcast started here, you know, how there's just good passing going on right now amongst the players. So I think Frankfurt are, are you know, they're going to finish top of the bracket here, top of their group. Um, but it, I thought it was a good match. All right. Now let's talk about it a little bit more, uh, Garrett, as you are your man who loves Detroit City. Um, this kid, uh, Dante Polvara, honestly, if it wasn't for him converting that, I don't think any a, a USL guy himself. So that probably made you think to yourself, hey, a Detroit City guy could come through then make the move abroad and make his impact uh, wherever it might be. But I looked at that as a kind of like a poke in the ribs to the Eintracht that, hey, you know what? You may have, you know, this team probably on the ropes for a second, but you need to complete the job. Were you were you happy with the way that the Eintracht came out in the second half? Because the first half, it very much was a, hey, you know what? You need to kind of wake up, and we didn't thoroughly wake up until that second half, in my opinion. I think the second half, um, I watched a bit back of the highlights today before we got on, and then I kind of listened to watch some of the uh, post-match interviews. And um, you can tell, I, one of the things Dino Topmuller talked about post-match was that the way Aberdeen defended, they did a five in the back. So it was a five, four in the midfield, and one on top. So they basically almost put nine, ten guys behind the ball. And he mentioned that that kind of caused some difficulties for them a bit in the first half and that they had to step the tempo up. And I think once you could tell they were starting to get more and more into the – Frankfurt were starting to get more and more into the game at the end of the first half. Because I think that goal – um, what was it? Uh, Kerry loses the ball on the left flank along the touchline. Quick couple passes by Aberdeen. You know, they get a little uh, cut a ball back across. You know, good strike and you equalize. And um, it took a minute, I think, for us to really, like, get our bearings and get going. But once we started getting going, um, Kiavi with the uh, corner, a great header by Robin Cock. Um, it reminded me a lot of a Jovic header against uh, Chelsea in Europa League semifinal 2019. That just you don't have to do you don't have to do you don't have to head it hard. You just have to put contact on it and just position it. And you know it was we saw the match out. I think Aberdeen did have a couple chances or two, but you know it was um, they made us work hard for these three points which i think is you know maybe to some a little bit frustrating that we only won two to one but this could be a sign depending when we look back on this season or this especially in the conference league thing months down the road the ability to keep going to push on to get the winner i think is you know a promising sign at the end of the day i agree that to me was a little bit of a 
a reminder that, hey, you know what? Just because you're considered the big fish of the group, just because you're considered the big fish of one of the big fish of the competition does not mean that you should be taking uh, the opposition lightly because, as I had seen from most Aberdeen folks in the lead up to the match, they were very down and down about the season, but they're like, hey, you know what? We'll just kind of enjoy uh, how things will go. And everyone came away from that match thinking, wow, that was the best match we played all season. So we took the best punch and we came away with a victory. I look at the next match, match day six, as an opportunity that we should have everything take, we should have everything taken care of well before, you know, uh, the ball is kicked on uh, the sixth and final match day. And to me, it's all about the Thessaloniki matches. Uh, next up to kind of take care of uh, how to be able to just take care of business in regards to uh, uh, the re the rest of the group because not going to lie, Helsinki doesn't come across to me from what little I've seen that they really are not coming across as anything to honestly be worried about someone would say oh well that's just kind of a you can easily slip into that uh, no no uh, the Eintracht is at least able to look at Helsinki and think um, we're gonna take our we're gonna take our first strength team in the home match the first uh, match in that get the W get the three points and then move on to uh the big, the big part of the of the league, and I'm I'm pretty confident in how things will progress there. So, as I mentioned, two matches of the week. Let's get to the one that we're really kind of a little too fresh in the mind, if you ask me. We were the final match of the Bundesliga match day. Take it all in Freiburg, who had their own uh, crazy uh, European match played on Thursday. So both of us were coming in with a little bit of tiredness from uh, being involved in the whole Thursday-Sunday kind of routine that comes with playing in the Europa League or the Europa Conference League, as the Eintracht and Freiburg are both respectively playing in. And for me... A nil-nil draw means one thing. One point and a clean sheet. Guys, as much as we may be angry, um, when we were talking about uh, the season that was about to begin of the Bundesliga, we were, were, we've been worried about our defense for years. So far, we have conceded exactly three goals. Guess who has the fewest goals allowed? The Eintracht. Now yep. that's a scary played, thing. Oh, that's I'm, a scary thing to hear. That's a scary thing indeed. Now, have we played Leipzig? No. Have we played Munich? No. Have we played Dortmund? No. Have we played Leverkusen or Stuttgart? These are the teams who've got like the most amount of goals on the season. Each one of those is a no, but so far the team is. You, you can't just – it's hard to build a strong defense when you get started off with, you know, everyone going full pelt for leather. You know what? Okay, so we've only played against what? Freiburg, Bochum, Mainz, Cone, and Darmstadt. 
each team who is down in the fewest goals scored category, just like the Eintracht in Wolfsburg, has only got seven goals scored from five matches next up. I look at it from the standpoint that you have to you have to get started slow, and the Eintracht is building slow in terms of that defensive solidity that in the Bundesliga at times it just ain't there. And to have you know us be five matches into the Bundesliga season, regardless of who you're playing, and already have two clean sheets, that to me is a nice is a better step up than we have had in previous seasons because I think. While Glasner may have earned an extra two or four more points, I can't say for certain, he would definitely have conceded like two, three more goals. And from a defensive standpoint, I'm happy with where we're at. We'll get to the office in due course, but uh, I'll let you, Garrett, uh, have first whack at the defense. I think when you have a quick turnaround – like uh, both teams did. Um, you know, you mentioned Freiburg playing in Athens um, and then coming here to the Volstadion. Oh, our former, our former uh, European uh, adversary, I should point out. <laughs> right. Absolutely. From 2021. Um, and Freiburg, as we've known over the years, has been a very, very difficult team to play against. Um, gives us fits usually scores goals against us, and we usually have to grind and fight our way back to get a draw sometimes, in some cases even wins. Um, I think both teams, um, you know, basically took their best shots against each other while also being cautious to an extent because, you know, both teams had, a, you know, both did the Thursday-Sunday. And I think as the game wore on, Frankfurt were – getting into it a bit more. Um, I think the first half, the buildup might have been a bit slow at times, but then when you saw how the second half started, they went straight at Freiburg's goal on the first kick. Um, And in the end of the day, to get a draw against the tough Freiburg team, to get a clean sheet against the tough Freiburg team, um, is an impressive stat line. And, you know, you talked about two clean sheets to start the year off in the league, fewest goals allowed in the Bundesliga. I'm still shocked at hearing that. Still undefeated in all competitions. And we're, you know, at the end of September. Is, you know, obviously we want to see some more goals coming in and maybe some of these draws becoming wins. But at the same time, it's a very good start for Dino, you know, and it could only get up from here, one would think. Yeah, nine matches uh, total played in all three competitions that the Eintracht have been playing in, and a grand total of five goals conceded. So that doesn't sound so bad to me. <laughs> Jason, I'll let you take it from here. I totally agree. Um, I am really happy to see that there's consistency in the back three. Um, you know, if you think about last year when we had injury after injury and then we got Hasebe playing for matches and matches in a row, like we've got a good, solid back three right now that I'm just happy to see him playing well. Um, you know, in fr- at that the match against Freiburg, I think second half, like we really just about shut Freiburg down completely. Um, they didn't have too many shots, period. Um, 
in fact, I'm, I'm trying to remember maybe two, two or three shots just overall. Um, yeah, that sounds about in, right. In that second half. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a great performance. And you know, I, I'm really, really like our midfield duo of Skiri and Larson. Those two have been great. And I'm, I really hope that Larson gets more playing time. I know Rhoda's injured. Um, and we never want to see Rhoda injured, but... I, I'm really excited to see what the future holds for Larson because he has just been they've got a good team going right there in that and I think it's just gonna get better as the season progresses in that in that central midfield. Um on the right, I was a little bit surprised though to see a Bimbe up top. Um I think he's more mm. sort of like a I'd I'd rather see him almost like in that wing back position. Um, you know, we've got Nkunku on the left now, so I could see a Bimbe um, falling back and taking it more on the on that right wing back, um, and somebody else stepping up top. Because um, I think even last season when he he won Rookie of the Month last season, one or two months in a row, and he was playing in that sort of midfield position instead of up top. So I just I'd rather see him sort of falling back a little bit and putting somebody else uh, up top there. And you know, as we said, the goals will get there. We'll get there, especially I think after that winter transfer when we'll be able to sign somebody, but. I was pretty happy with it. Freiburg's always a tough team. And I think also uh, – Bimbe – yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, I think um, – yeah, this is definitely, I think, the highest up I've seen in Bimbe play because you mentioned he – I think he he was on the he was on the right, I think, to start off against Aberdeen. We've seen him play in the central midfielder kind of like where Larson is curious. Did he play up top against uh, Levesky? In, you know he might have. away match. He might have. I could have sworn it. Anyways, go on. I was also going to say, too, um, Chiavi's first start, I believe, for Frankfurt was on here. But also, um, also, I think this is a good sign, too, because we've talked about this, I think, as a group, especially in the year or two when we look at other teams and how they seem to be developing young talent and they're giving their young talent opportunities. Um, to see Nacho Ferry come on, in the second half, mm-hmm. uh, is I think a step in the right direction. Wouldn't you guys think? Hundred uh, percent. From where I stand, because let's be, let's be real. The last time we saw someone born like a guy come to the academy with any long term run was Barcock. Everyone else, it was just like a one-off match here just due to circumstances. Vinnick, it seemed like he was starting to just see a little bit, but then he broke his leg, and we haven't seen or heard from him practically since. Uh, been doing it with the reserves, but hey, uh, Nacho getting the appearance, this is because he's been tearing it up in the original Liga, and you know, as we're just trying to rotate stuff around, it's like, hey, you know what? Trot the guy out there. He has shown uh, at the had in last year's season playing with reserves and doing very well so far in the reserve team for this year. I really like seeing giving someone a chance if he continues to get a run out. Uh, we've had plenty of players from our academy, you know, move on because, like, you know what, we were brought in. Don't see a pathway for me to the first team, but this is a sign for other, you know, kids who are anywhere between like 14 and 16 that are possibly looking at uh, being signed by the Eintracht. 
they'll look at that and say to themselves, all right, applies in time with the reserve team, do exceedingly well. I will get my chance with the big team, and I need to take it with both hands. And this is a sign that perhaps we're going to finally be performing at the level that we should in terms of the player development because it's been something to me that's been lagging for ages. And uh, here's hoping that we see more. There are other players who I'd like to also uh, have a look at, but so far, so good. Enjoying the ride so far. All right. That being said, though, guys, um, Marmouche up top. I think he, if he has maybe a little better support, he possibly gets a run that gets him a goal. But uh, how about are we screaming that, hey, uh, we need a new striker now, ASAP? You're, you're, go, you're go at that, Jason. Yeah, I mean, I think also, you know, we definitely do need to, to, to have somebody who's going to fill that role that, that Kolomwani left. Um, Marmouche is doing a good job. He's got a couple of goals for us. And, you know, I think part of it, though, was the fact that the, the two guys underneath, like like I said, I think if you would have had somebody else besides Abimbe underneath there, uh, maybe starting in Gankum or even Aronson, um, it might have been a different story. Um so I'm not too worried about that. I think, you know, he's still producing. Marmouche is still producing for us. I think it was a good signing for us. Um, and I, I am looking forward to seeing what he does against his old club this coming weekend. All right. Uh, Garrett, your thoughts? And, uh, yeah, well, circling back to either of you guys who have USL teams in your own backyards and a youth player that the Eintracht should be uh, uh, picking up. <laughs> I think um – you know, I think I like the versatility in Marmouche. Um, you know, I want to see how, like, I agree with Jason, especially when we preview Wolfsburg, about how much he's up for it. Um, like, Ngankum, I'd love to see an opportunity of Ngankum starting or even Paxton starting, because um, I thought Paxton starting on Thursday was cool. another great step in his development um, and continued growth and confidence playing for us. So, um I'm really curious to see if we do any, like, adjust, like, how much adjustments do we make to the starting lineup on Saturday compared to the last game and um, where people line up. Does, like, Mario Goza come back in? Um, does Mbembe play a little bit deeper? But again, I mean, Larson's playing really well to make it, make a hard, make it hard for a hard to, like, remove him because I think he's proving when given the opportunity, he's shining with it. So, it's kind of a good dilemma to have, I feel like, right now. Well, uh, dilemmas can only... Chaos is like a ladder that allows you to just climb up and climb up. Uh, I seem to think there's a certain uh, very well-known TV show where a uh, character said that. Is Can anyone uh, can anyone guess which one I'm referencing? If not, I'll just move forward and shut up. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank more so than the uh, pair of the, more than the one that you gave us earlier in the day. Oh God. Okay. Went. Yeah. Well, 
for those of us who are wondering what the heck we're talking about, uh, I was referencing Game of Thrones there. A certain character, Littlefinger, mentions that. Uh, chaos is a ladder. And uh, I thought that was, oh, I thought I thought that was well placed, but eh, it's all right. Um, one player who here's hoping that uh, the Eintracht will, you know, give more academy kids a look. See, you know, the leading goal scorer of the Vegetal Liga Sudwest, No Fudkeo, uh, born born raised Essen kid, went through uh, Rotweiss Essen and the Schwarzweiss Essen to arrive to. Uh, the Eintracht in uh, the off season, he's got ten got ten goals to his name so far, leading uh, that league in goals. As the Eintracht is right up there, running in the running for uh, promotion. Maybe it's a little too early. I don't know, but hey, at twenty, popping in quite a few goals. I mean, who's to say that uh, we don't give him like a run out? I don't know. Uh, in one of our, one of our uh, random matches that we've got coming up. I'd like to see us continue to go to that well. Try and try out guys who uh, are going to be with us for a minute and are doing well with the reserves. So, anyways, uh, that's going to wrap us up for segment one. But before we do that, it's time for our favorite item. It's hashtag What are we drinking? Jason, you always have a good submission, so I will let you go first. <laughs> oh, boy. A little pressure. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there was one that I had this past weekend. It's called Fantasy Factory, and it's by mm. a local brewery called Carbon 4, and it's a really nice uh, IPA. Um there's a, I think it's like there's a cat riding a unicorn on the bottle art, so which you know, makes it even better. <laughs> There you go. That's uh, great. Wow, that's that's a that's a fun visual to come up with. Uh, Garrett, what do you got coming out of the Motor City? Um, I am doing a uh, Dr Pepper and cream soda combo, which is always good. It always seems to hit at the right time whenever I have one. All right, you do you do love your your soft drink varieties. When uh, how does one come across uh, the grape? Uh, uh, Verners or the Black Cherry Verners uh, in Michigan? Um, I believe last time I'm seeing a good amount of it now. Production seems to be pretty good. I can confirm when I probably swing by a Kroger this weekend to make sure production is still rolling. Because uh, use one of those these days. You could definitely use one of those. Uh, my submission for hashtag what are we drinking? I went to my local liquor store, uh, got did one of those uh pick fix, and uh, I ain't uh, uh, Martin for the Oktoberfest season. Oh, baby, it's a good thing I didn't have like a liter of that because then I'd be happy as a clam, and then after two liters of that, then I well won't be allowed to be behind the wheel of a car. <laughs> It's a good one. It's a little heavy, but hey, it hits the spot and goes perfect with the nice, cool, crisp air that is brought in by the fall. So to that, I say Prost, and we'll be back in a jiffy with segment two. So stay with.
and we're back, segment two of Hey Untracked Frankfurt. We've been talking about the men for a minute. Let's talk about the women for just one moment. So it, this is kind of a weird setup. So it was just what a week and a half ago that the Eintracht Frauen uh, had qualified for the second round of qualification. Uh, so took one step further than the season before in terms of participating in the Women's Champions League. We won the Frauen Pokal match, and then we got just beaten by Essen. Uh, and now uh, we had a very, very, very brief uh, women's international window. Uh, for the American side, you saw the exits of two uh, legends of the game. And uh, from the European side of things, you saw Spain uh, take the field for the first time after a very sizable cleaning of house, considering the mess that was brought on by their administration surrounding their World Cup win, which sullied, in my opinion, uh, that World Cup win itself. So here's hoping for better times ahead for uh, the women's game from that standpoint. I'm not trying to go get on the soapbox or go too far down that rabbit hole, but Eintracht players are back uh, with the team, and it's none other than Frauen Wolfsburg, who is next for the Eintracht Frauen. And... Mm, ugh. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, they, they took care of business when they beat, uh, Leverkusen. Uh, I think it was a three nil first match day at the, the only match they played at the season. Eintracht takes all Wolfsburg to be played at the Vodge Stadion again, just like last spring. I don't anticipate, uh, the Eintracht to run away with things because at that point of the, the season, Wolfsburg was a little preoccupied with, uh, the knockout phase of the Champions League whilst Eintracht was rocking and rolling and just pushed Wolfsburg around like it was nobody's business. Um, here's a point that the ladies are coming out with a result. I'm not all too confident because it is Wolfsburg, but you never know in these matches at the Vodstadion. Uh, when we played against Bayern, we got a draw. When we played against Wolfsburg, we got a win. So four points from the two biggest clubs at the in the two uh, Bundesliga Vodstadion matches. So here's hoping that uh, that uh, the good uh, juju continues on. Especially considering the fact that um, in just, uh, I think it's like a week and a half's time, we'll be right back to the qualifying for the Women's Champions League. So, uh, in case anyone did had forgotten, yes, Eintracht did proceed. We will be playing on October 10th at the Vodstadion against Sparta Prague and then playing uh, away to Sparta Prague. Uh, the home match will be played at is confirmed to be played at the Vodge Stadion, and that, as I mentioned, is on October 10th. So, the ladies, you're going to get up back underway with the biggest mat, uh, test, and then you got a league match, subsequent league match. Uh, getting who we've got. I've got to check this. I wish I had the schedule right. You talking me. for Champions League? Who for, uh, not, uh, not, not against Prague. Who the heck do we have the following week? Give me one second. I could have sworn that. Ha uh, nope, 
that is this weekend. And yeah, so uh, Eintracht Frauen take on Wolfsburg on October the 7th ahead of the Champions League match. So he's not coming thick and fast the ladies. Anything you guys want to uh, say before we get to what's going on in the Bundesliga before we have our Wolfsburg predictions? I think um, for the Frauen to be very curious to see how they react after one coming off an international break and two after the defeat to Essen to start the uh, Frauen Bundesliga campaign. I think it's a very good opportunity against, you know, a perennial uh, perennial big side fish. in the yeah, big fish in the sea. Um, in Wolfsburg. Um, and, you know, in the men, there's the t- famous term of the Launisch Diva where the Bayerns, the big teams, we, sh- we turn- show up and we show out and then struggle against the lowers. Is that going to be a case where the women want to, like, hey, this is a golden opportunity to show everyone who we really are? Um, I hope that is it, especially as, you know, a war- to get ready then for uh, Praha and, you know, the next round of Champions League qualification, but you know, we know how good Wolfsburg is so, you know you have to play as as um, I wouldn't say mistake, mistake free it's hard to play a game mistake free but close to it as much as possible Anything you gotta add, uh, Jason before we move to the Bundesliga itself? No, I think you guys covered it Alrighty, uh some big weekend matches from the Bundesliga. Um, so, match five matches in. Uh, it's pretty tight, but, you know, I, that at this point, it's always kind of tight before you have uh, some separation of the pack. Uh, these are the teams who are on the double digits in terms of points. So, it kind of shows a one through six. Uh, Eintracht is a couple points away from that, as is our weekend appointment, uh, opponent, Wolfsburg. Uh, yeah, Bayern and Leverkusen tied on 13 points, separated only by goal difference. You have three clubs. Yes, three. It's Stuttgart, Leipzig, Hoffenheim on 12, with Dortmund on 11. Um, I'll let you go with this, Jason. Who has been your surprise package and biggest flop of the Bundesliga season yet just five matches in? Well, biggest surprise so far is Stuttgart. <laughs> um, I mean, come on. <laughs> just, they are flying high right now. Um, the goal, I mean, Gerasi is just having a season unto himself. You know, he's got more goals than, than teams that have goals. So... Um, it's, 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 you know, great to see them play like that in, because they did lose a couple of players, um, defensively, but they're just, they're flying high. Leverkusen, of course, is fun to watch. Um, I don't know if you all saw the rumors that there's a possibility or the rumors that, um, Xabi Alonso is being courted to be the next, uh, manager or trainer at, uh, Real Madrid. So <laughs> I'd like to see him stay. I think it would be great if he stayed and just kept on being a thorn in Bayern's side. Um, yep. That would be nice, biggest, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Biggest flop, boy. I don't know if it'd be Mainz or Köln. Um, Merchant Gladbach. I expected 
to to have a tough go at it because of all the players they lost. Um, but Cologne and Mainz didn't have they haven't lost too many players. Um, Cologne lost, you know, Jonas Hector, of course. Um, but I think Mainz is definitely disappointing. I think that's probably the biggest disappointment. Garrett, well, who's your biggest surprise and uh, biggest disappointment? Granted, like I mentioned, we are just five matches in, but we're all we're things are already starting to get wound. Folks getting wound up. Oh, for sure. Um, I know Jason mentioned Stuttgart, and they're playing Serge Garassi with ten goals to start the year is insane. Um, but they're only playing, four clubs have more yeah goals than him. Four. Uh, yeah, and that he's like playing incredibly well. Um, so that's the obvious one. I think the second club I would go behind Stuttgart's Hoffenheim. Um, they've won four in a row. Um, they went into Union this weekend, and when I saw the highlights, they took they you know the the Stadion Alante Forsteri is a very hard place to play, as we have witnessed. Um, you know, over the years, and Hoffenheim took that game over. And um, I think it'll be very interesting to see if they carry that on because it's like they got Valt Fakehorst, but Valt Fakehorst doesn't seem to be the guy pulling the strings for them so far with the stats. Obviously, Andre Kramerich, uh, Bayer, um, can they keep this up? We'll see on that. Um, I know we eventually have Hoffenheim, I think, coming up a couple of fixtures away. So um, the flop. Um, you know, we've talked Mainz, we've talked Köln. I would probably, right now, I would say to an extent Borussia Mönchengladbach is kind of surprising some people with how they're starting the year off. Um, the first time they've lost three matches at home to start a campaign. Granted, they've gone up against, they've gone up against RB Leipzig, they've gone up against Bayern, um, you know, they've had to also, though, fight a couple times on the road. They had to come back from, I think, a couple goals down against Augsburg to get a, get a point. They came back from three goals down against Darmstadt. So, I think, will they click? Will they start to click? They got some new talent in, Shvanchara up top. Um, and I suppose maybe another, if you were to name another one. I know you talked about calling the Mines, but it'll be, um, I wonder... Um, you know, Balkum's had some. What VFL Balkum side's going to come out this year? Because they, you know, we've seen times where they played teams well, and then there's things where they've, they've, you know, they got five nailed against Stuttgart. They lost seven nil to Bayern this past weekend. Um, are they going to, you know, make it uh, survive for a fourth straight campaign? We'll see. Um, and then Heidenheim, I think um, Heidenheim are showing they can fight, but um. Will Frank Schmidt's, you know, motivation inside keep them up or will they fade away as the season progresses? Yeah. Uh, if only Dortmund didn't get a result at the weekend against Wolfsburg 1-0 in that match, I would have been tempted to throw out Wolfs- uh, excuse me, uh, Borussia Dortmund because of how much praise so many people put on. But I'm going to be... Very stereotypical. I am going with Mainz because I look at them. They didn't really have any huge losses. Like 
their year-to-year turnover uh, for coming into this season, you would have thought, hey, you're bound for another mid-table season. Bo Svensson, ever since he saved them, has kept them, you know, I mean, at that mid-table to trying to creep into that uh, top half of the Bundesliga table when the resources available to them are very limited compared to uh, Eintracht or, let's be honest, you know, uh, Werder Bremen, Gladbach, obviously Leverkusen, Munich, and Leipzig. Uh, you you look at them, though, I, I just look at that first match, uh, excuse me, the second match of the season, that lone point that they have in the away draw two mines with Eintracht, and, well, do I think that, hey, you know what, a uh, moment missed a little bit, but at the end of the day, we always struggle with mice, but I'm looking at them, and I'm like, all right, you've had four other matches. You haven't looked competitive. Goals four, you have four. Goals against, you've conceded 14. I don't know what's going on with mice, but they are my flop match, uh, five matches in, and to be different, I'm going with Hoffenheim because we, when they got saved by Managarino Patronazzo, uh, I thought, okay, you're just going to be like kind of mid-tail mediocrity, you know, have one of your real big fish get pipped off, uh, minus Kramaric because he just seems to love playing Hoffenheim. I don't know why he would. <laughs> but honestly, you know what? Four wins from five not doing too shabby. Have they been playing the biggest of teams? No. And we'll see what kind of team they have when they host Borussia Dortmund on Friday. But I think, especially if they come out of it with a draw or a victory, then you're going to have to look at Hoffenheim as a surprise challenger for the European spots. And with them really just having to face with no European uh, football for them to have to worry about. Uh, your your Unions, your Freiburg, your Eintracht will have to be looking up and thinking to themselves, okay, so that's one team that we didn't plan on having to worry about that is trying to crash this party. It's one thing if Wolfsburg is trying to do it because they definitely have more of the funds available uh, than a Hoffenheim, but hey, we'll see what we will see. So that is our kind of fun hit on the Bundesliga. It is time to focus on Wolfsburg, get our predictions out there. I will go first as usual, followed by Garrett and Jason. And uh, yeah, I'm looking at this Wolfsburg team, and it's not a team that is scoring a lot of goals with seven uh, scored. They're also not conceding a lot of goals at six conceded. But I am looking at this and thinking to myself that this is this is probably the match where Eintracht's sparkling defensive run comes to an end. I think that Wolfsburg is just one of those games and one of those teams that you you hate really playing against because they can bring out the worst of you. And I think this will bring back the diva. And uh, yeah, I think that the Eintracht is going to be convincingly beaten 2-0. And I think... It's going to be two goals in the first half, and we're just trying to play catch-up. And 
our current setup of not having everything figured out is why Eintracht will not be able to uh, overcome that Wolfsburg result because I think you need for a team to go down to Wolf go visit Wolfsburg and be down in the first half. You need to have a team a steal and a fight and experience and cohesion. We're still we're still building all of that currently under Dino Potwater, and I think we're seeing some good signs, but we're not there yet. And a Wolfsburg will be a team that can take the points off of us. So that's my prediction. So Garrett, you're you're next. Um, I'm going one one, and which is um not as optimistic as some of my previous predictions. So I'm seeing if that that will work. But Wolfsburg is a tough opponent, whether it is at home in the Waldstadion or playing them in Wolfsburg. Um, they're an organized side. They make you work. You don't get much space and opportunity. Here's where I think it could work out defensively. They've got seven Not goals. Not much space. It sounds like a Volkswagen Beetle to me. That that. Um, <laughs> seven goals scored. You've mentioned by Wolfsburg. Jonas Vin's got five of them. You shut him down. You have a chance. Mm. So Um And you know this is. This is a good test to see what is the squad made of, you know, ahead of a trip to Thessaloniki. Um, what side are we going to see? Are we going to see some more experienced sides in there? Um, players like Mario Goetz in there. What's Rhoda's condition? Um, or are we going to go with the young guns and try to, you know, step some tempo up, step some pace and get opportunity? And, you know, Omar Marmouche is chomping at the bit. I see this as a draw. I'm happy if I'm wrong, it, and it's and we get an away win. But you know, let's see what let's see what this team's made of come Saturday. All right, Jason, round it off, sir. What are you thinking? I am not as optimistic. I think we're going to see Wolfsburg uh, pull this out over uh, the Adler. Um, I think it's it's been a while since Frankfurt have actually beat Wolfsburg. Um, for, I think it was back in 2021 was the last time that, that we actually beat Wolfsburg. So, uh, I agree totally with Garrett that if we can, if we can basically mark up Vind and hold him quiet, then we stand a chance, but I'm just not, I, I think that our, our lack of attack right now, um, and scoring capabilities, um, I think that's going to hurt us. So, um, I'm, I'm thinking of Wolfsburg win here. Alrighty, I'm the Debbie Downer with an Eintracht <laughs> loss, and the other guys are just expecting the Eintracht just not to win, but not to lose. So you know what? It'll be an interesting match to watch. Uh, it's not going to be one for the neutrals. I think it's going to be uh, hard watching, but hey, at the end of the day, we follow this club through the good times and the bad. We've had some good times. We've had some bad times. And uh, we'll be there talking about Eintracht versus Wolfsburg on our next episode. I'd like to thank the guys for coming out in force to talk about all things Eintracht. Boys, it's uh, it's always great to have you guys on here and to be talking about the Eintracht for 
284 episodes. It's quite an accomplishment that we have done so far. And uh, here's hoping for many, many more. Uh, Garrett, where can we find you in the social media landscape of the world? Um, you can find me Discord, Twitter, Instagram, GM Comats. Those are all my personals. Um, Eintracht Frankfurt, Detroit at Detroit SKA. We will be at Detroit City Clubhouse to watch the match this Saturday, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. There you go. And, uh, yeah, you'll also, uh, find me at Kansas City Beer in Kansas City, Missouri for watching with any fellow Eagles that show up, uh, for this one as unsexy as Wolfsburg is. Jason, anything for uh, EFC Wisconsin? Uh, yeah, so EFC Wisconsin on Twitter, and also just my personal is Jason L. Canole on Twitter. And it, I'm going down in flames. It is Twitter. I will never call it X. <laughs> you can call it 10 if you want. I thought, I thought that was hilarious by Nathan when he messaged me. He's like, dude, dude, I'm just going to call it 10 now. I'm going to be that weirdo. I'm like, I'm in with you. Yeah. Nice. You can follow the show on 10. That is at H-E-F pod. I myself at K-C-S-G-E. And yeah, I'd like to thank everyone for joining Nick. Closing in on episode 300. It's a wonderful show that we, a wonderful community that we have created here. Uh, follow our uh, platforms to be able to join our Match Day Discord channel. It's a lot of fun as we debate the ins and outs of Eintracht and so much more. So until next time, for episode, which will be episode 285, stay uh, be good to each other, stay safe, and choose. Uh, minus Cromarch because he just seems to love playing the Hoffenheim. I don't know why he would. Hey,